0: Hmm, you're probably wondering how you got here. It's the Woodworking Morning Show.
1: Nicole. Let's
0: hope that we're...
1: Hope everything's working. We got a new uh, laptop. We did in the mix.
0: A, a rotate.
1: In our family, we do a little hand-me-down yeah. process where the most important laptop gets upgraded yeah. and then that other one gets passed down. And I
0: lost my, the, I was more concerned about the, my stickers. I'm like, oh, I'm losing my stickers.
1: Yeah, you deface every piece of uh, like computer gear that you get. Why What's
0: not? The deal? It's, you know.
1: Like a 14 year old girl in high school. You have your uh, New Kids on a Block sticker on there, too, while I, you're at it?
0: I, I didn't have stickers. I made my stickers, so I would get my team beat, and I would cut them out, That's what and you then do. I would use tape. To a little
1: packing tape. <laughs> nice job. Very good. Well, hey, everybody. It's The Morning Show. I'm Mark.
0: Uh, oh, I'm Nicole. Oh, Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm also on this show. <laughs> yes. I don't even know how I got here, but let's uh, do this. I was
0: making sure we weren't booming. Somebody said booming.
1: Well, turn your speakers down oh
0: yeah that's tomasa there's
1: there's one thing that you should know by now is that if there's an <clears> audio <throat> problem it's not my fault right <laughs> that's sarcasm
0: oh matthew thank you for the compliment on my hair i washed it last night that's all i did yeah, <laughs> and i, I went we, to bed with it wet <laughs> we are peaking
1: a little bit i'm going to bring the volume down just a hair
0: uh someone in the chat had oh, asked
1: you're hot nicole who
0: Someone had asked about uh, the Wood Whisper videos being on Amazon Prime in Canada. Yeah. The answer is no. Canada has specific laws about uh, Canadians, a percentage of Canadians being in their programming. And guess what? We're not Canadian.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that has to be like Canadian uh, originating content. Or I think
0: actors or something like it's a percentage of Canadians. I
1: could be Canadian, eh? I like maple syrup. I like bacon. <laughs> Count me in, guys. Let me so in the unfortunately, club.
0: unfortunately, we're not able to post our videos on Amazon Prime in yeah. Canada. Just the U.S. and the U.K. If I did something like with dubbing with Japan and Germany, we could be in Japan and Germany.
1: Well, that's good news.
0: But I haven't done anything with dubbing.
1: Okay. <laughs> uh, quick announcements. Cremona's dressing vanity is in the guild. That's still, th- uh, I think it's at 30 Percent off? I'm pretty sure that's the pre-sale price. You got basically like another week to get that at the discounted price before the price goes up. So go check that out. Uh, Daryl's Fremont Chest of Drawers, this is like a year and a half in the making, is, uh, is finally there. There's no discount right now. The videos are currently being pushed out. a year and a half
0: for that discount.
1: (laughs) Yeah, technically it's not supposed to launch till like October 2nd or something, Uh, but it's been so long. I've been just putting the videos out as the content is ready. So uh, you can go immediately start watching some of those. Uh, That's all at thewoodwhispererguild.com. Lastly, we have Jet's giveaway still. Yes. Yes?
0: Yeah, last week for Jet giveaway, if you go to thewoodwhisperer.com slash giveaway, you'll see the widget right there. If you don't see the widget... Uh, try a different browser, yeah. maybe. A little tech support.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, so yeah, and we'll be—I'll be pulling the winner um, October first, and then I'll be notifying via email. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get the email, you probably didn't win. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Someone wants to know if you speak Japanese. I do not. I was going to make a joke from Wayne's World and I can't do it because it's, it's almost too far. Yes. It's a little bit too far. I'm just going to let it go. Good, okay. good, good, okay? good, good, good. No, I don't.
0: I don't speak any other language. I wish I did.
1: She speaks Missourian. That's kind of like, look, like there's times where we're hanging out with her family and some of them... Um,
0: we're slow talkers.
1: Well, it's more the mumbling.
0: Yeah, but we're slow talkers. You
1: talk and you don't actually let your lips separate. <laughs> so it all comes out like... Mean, mean, I really don't know what's being said.
0: And I have to translate for him.
1: Like, Nicole, can you help? It's like when I used to go to my my dad's, uh, on my dad's side, my grandmom's house. They were like straight off the boat Italian, right? And they really didn't bother to learn English. Yeah. So I would always go over there and it was so uncomfortable because grandma would ask me questions and I'd look at my dad for the translation. Oh man, good times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Eric, we do have a show on Amazon Prime. Just, if you have a fire stick, just say The Wood Whisperer and 14 years of...
1: The whole thing. The
0: whole, 15 years. And it's always
1: years. a little bit delayed on the most recent stuff, but yeah. it's all there. It's a, it's a, if I was a fan of my show, that would be my preferred way to watch yeah, my d- show.
0: Jason had asked me where, where we make the most money. And I don't look at it that way. I look mm-hmm. at it as where's the best experience. Where are you going to
1: have the best viewing experience? Yeah. There's stuff on there that you get in a quality level that we can't give you on YouTube mm-hmm. because it's so old and we can't replace those videos. So it's a definitely a better viewing experience. One last thing. I'm going to give you a little sneak preview here. We're going to talk about uh, Woodpecker's new hook rules. I got Ooh. some of those right here. So I'll let you know what that's all about. That's their latest one-time tool.
0: <sighs> it's at the end of September, huh?
1: Yep. It's and fall. Uh, huh? It's fall. It is. It's already fall. I got my fall colors on. Summer was just like, boom.
0: Somebody had referenced six months ago, and I'm like, what? Six months ago? Uh, yeah. I guess it was six months, huh? All right.
1: So Ken Myra says, do you not like your own show? What are you? <laughs> I Look, there's sometimes I will, I have to watch my own shows, but by the time you see what I've made, I've seen it a hundred times. <laughs> and not only did I see it, I, I lived it. Mm. I don't need to watch it, Dottie. I lived it.
0: Uh, you know rebel. You're a rebel. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So let's get to our questions. All right. We got
0: some questions from Patreon. Did you thank the Patreon people? Yeah, there was
1: one dude. One dude. I totally forget who it was. And if
0: you are a YouTube member, thank you as well.
1: Is it that Adam fella? Yeah. Adam Cianfichi. Oh yeah. And let's, let's talk about that really quick. Of course, we still have Patreon, patreon.com woodwhisper And then if you are on your desktop, you'll probably see the membership features on YouTube. That is something that we're doing a little bit more with. I did put, um, I think I put one more video up there showing a, a technique on cutting legs and getting your, uh, your glue line to move around to a, a better position. So we're going to be doing some like early preview stuff there too, if you're interested in that. Right, so I'm going to get to the questions here from Patreon. Uh, Nicole's got the live YouTube chat. She'll grab your questions there. Okay, first one here from Lark Atkin. Hi Mark, I'm gathering the items I need for the Fremont nightstand and I'm having trouble finding a local dealer that has J-core or armor core to apply veneer onto. Is there a different, excuse me, substrate that I can use that will allow for the joinery? Also, what type of veneer glue works best? I'm using a V4 vacuum pump that utilizes an air compressor purchased from Joe Woodworker. Okay, so when you hear... Daryl talk about his J-core, his armor core. You don't necessarily need to get exactly that. You could do veneering on pretty much any stable plywood MDF core. It's all fine. Uh, he likes that stuff in particular just because of the, it's like a combination core where you have a plywood middle and then the outer skin is MDF, which is a great substrate for that veneer. Kind of best of both worlds. So you could find that. If you can't find specifically J-Core or Armor Core, maybe you might be using the wrong term. Some places will call it Combination Core or Classic Core. There's a lot of different names for this stuff, but ask around. If you still can't find it, you could always just use something like Baltic Birch Plywood, something that's very stable. Uh, you could even use MDF. I don't love MDF in this application because he does use a lot of biscuits. So while it can be done, it's just not my favorite way to go personally, but um, it really any stable... Uh, you know, sheet good substrate is going to be just fine. As far as veneer glue, I haven't done a lot of veneering in a long time. But when you say the best veneer glue, unfortunately these days, some of the best veneer glues are the ones that are the nastiest to work with, with formaldehyde and all kinds of crap in them. Um, Those are things like, uh, if they still make it, Unibond 800, Urac 185, um, even Weldwood. So there are other water-based solutions out there now that I think are probably a little bit better not necessarily better performance, but better in terms of its safety for you, right? So look at Unibon One. Look at uh, I. Bl- does on have a veneer glue? They gotta have something I for. Like, that I think they have a.
0: Thinking I would know.
1: Look, you you talk to a genie. You know <laughs> I, what's know, up. I know, I know it. I
0: don't know. I think their they have a cold line.
1: press veneer glue that you should check out. I think you're right. Yeah, so they, there are other options that are much safer to use uh, that I would recommend over those things that actually do work the best, but. There's a point where you have to go, well, maybe I don't want to work with that stuff anymore.
0: Uh, I got a question here from Jerry. I have a refinishing question. I bought my wife a Cedar Hope chest as a wedding present. Uh-huh. Over the last 30 years, plus years, the finish has cracked and bubbled. Mm. It is clear finish, either poly or varnish. My question is, if I sand the finish off, can I refinish it with Rubio Pure? I've never used Rubio before, so I wasn't sure... Uh, if it was recommended for refinishing jobs. Thanks, Jerry.
1: Yeah, it can be used for that, Jerry, as long as you get down to raw wood fibers. That's what Rubio wants. It wants a bind to wood fibers. If there's a pre-existing finish there, uh, if you don't get it all off, you could probably, you know, have problems or maybe the Rubio isn't going to work as well as it could. But as long as you are scraping, sanding, getting down to bare wood, there's no reason you can't switch over to Rubio.
0: <laughs> David wants to know if you're going to smoke ribs for the PTA and teachers. No, we're not allowed to do anything like that right now. Yeah,
1: right now I don't think we're allowed to we were, to give uh, like open food. Nope. Not individually. Maybe we can individually wrap a rib.
0: Maybe. Like
1: one rib yeah. per container. <laughs> Probably not, no. I a little uh, <laughs> a little set of ribs. Maybe two. Maybe we'll give them two each. Hey, we got the little shrink wrapper thingy. Yeah,
0: true. The little air sucker, yeah, the food saver. Yeah, yeah, the food saver. People yeah. would
1: love it. Okay. Tom <laughs> Frazier says... I asked this one on Wood Talk, but wanted to ask it here as well. I believe it's been over a year since you switched from Lee Nielsen to Veritas planes. I'm sure the performance is comparable, but I'm more interested in your take on the ergonomics of the design of the Veritas planes, like the adjustment knob and lateral adjustment lever being integrated into the block plane. I'm going to tell you something about this. I read this this morning and I'm like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? I have both right here, a Lee Nielsen and a Veritas block plane. And I'm like, what? what is this integrated hoopty thing that he's talking about? Well, you taught me something today, Todd. Because I didn't know that that was a feature. I'm going to uh, move to my other camera here so I can show you what I'm talking about. So on the Lee Nielsen, pretty standard block plane setup. you got your little cap that goes on here. This guy is your forward and reverse sort of thruster, dealy whacker. I, I don't know the names of things. <laughs> the so I just make them up. <laughs> And then if you want to do a lateral adjustment to change the angle of the blade, you simply loosen this up a little bit and then you can kind of nudge the blade one way or the other. Well, What Veritas has done, because they're clever, is a very similar design here, but if you take the the knob here that goes forward and back and, and you actually go side to side with it, you have a very fine lateral adjustment knob. I didn't even know that existed. You know how I've been doing this? I do the same thing I do in a Lee Nielsen. I grab the back of the blade and I go, doop doop doo, 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 but it accomplishes the same thing, maybe just not as elegantly. All right, so what I'm going to tell you here is it doesn't matter. Like it's just a block plane and once you get it set up, usually you're not messing with it too much and I've been using that Veritas now for about when did I get that? Maybe eight months ago, something like that. I didn't even know that feature was there because it wasn't missed. It didn't hurt me. It's probably not even going to help me. It's a neat little feature. Veritas has a a way of taking the classics and putting a new modern spin on them and sometimes that includes cool little features like that. They also have um, set screws on both sides that can kind of keep the blade nice and centered. So I actually do think in most cases, I think Veritas does a better job of making a cool new hand plane. But clearly, it's not your classic designs. If you like the classic designs, then stick with Lee Nielsen. In the end though, in terms of performance and actual use, probably is going to make zero difference because there's a great cool little feature that I didn't even know existed until this morning. So hey, there's that. Uh,
0: I, wanted, I went into our YouTube members and I just wanted to say thank you to a few new YouTube members. Matthew Lee, Jason Har- Hawthorne. Yep. James Lame. Uh, Lom. Lom. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Elrich. Rachel Steele. That's David Eichler. Eichler. Sorry.
1: <laughs> you could say it however you want, Nicole. You can move letters around. I, w-
0: I just wanted to get to this one. Unclaimed Soup. Ooh. Cool. I love the name Unclaimed
1: Soup. I'll have the cup of unclaimed soup. <laughs> Are you sure? This is the one no one else wanted. But here it is.
0: <laughs> Walt D. Jr., RB, and then OJ. So... Thank you too. I just again, lo- I just looked at the last seven days.
1: As soon as as soon as YouTube gives us a really good way yeah. to to uh, get those people isolated into a list, uh, we will continue to do this. We want to recognize people who help us yeah, out, so we, we certainly appreciate that. Appreciate you. Okay. Uh, next question from Devin Perkins. Based on your recent Instagram post about breadboard ends, what would you do for a clown Nicole? dog bar? Did you see this? Do you like do you like my outfit? You're all black. I'm so black today. It's all black.
0: <laughs> I do like that shirt. I
1: even have a black knife. Nice. Isn't that great?
0: Color corny. Yeah, You're this very is dusty. My, well that's too. because these
1: are old pants. They're old shorts. <laughs> I didn't have any clean shorts today, so sometimes you guys know what I'm talking about. You yep. uh you go into the bedroom and you go, which one's the least of the evils? I
0: just put a whole bunch of clean shorts in your dresser.
1: Oh, okay. Well I'll go I'll go change. <laughs> You know I won't do that. I know. Why did I do that right in the middle of a question? I don't call.
0: know what you were doing. I thought it was like a point to okay. the question connect it somehow. All right. So
1: Devin wants to know with breadboard ends, what would you do to give the best chance of success on a tabletop without breadboard ends? Uh, acclimating and... Pro- okay. Let's just stop right there. Um, it it it'll drive me, drives me nuts a little bit that some people or a, a certain group of people out there, let's call it Instagram have come to the conclusion that a tabletop without breadboard ends is just doomed to fail. I'm not saying that's what Devin is saying here, but that's where the mentality comes from. And I've had that where people are like, well, how, well what are you going to do? There's no breadboard ends. And it's like, guys, you don't need breadboard ends. Breadboard ends are great if the if the piece calls for it and you want to put them on there. They can be a great way to help keep tabletops flat for a very, very long time. That isn't to say that every tabletop is suddenly going to turn into a potato chip. If you have properly acclimated wood, if you mill it properly, if you glue it together properly, and if it's in a air conditioned, you know, typical home, you're really generally not going to have a problem with that top just suddenly going wonky on you. We don't need to embed, you know, steel framing in the underside of all of our tables. This is things that you see people doing when they are doing giant slabs, right? That are basically a cross section, not a cross section, but a slice of a tree uh, where you might have pith involved and a lot going on. That's where they're forcing things to stay flat. But when you're milling material and you're gluing up six or seven boards for a tabletop and everything is acclimated and it's all in controlled conditions, it's not like it's just going to go haywire on you. You don't need breadboards, but if you use them, Great. As long as the design calls for it and it looks the way you want it to look, then go ahead, use those breadboards.
0: I got a question from Connell, Connell writes. I didn't finish that. Oh, sorry. I thought you were done.
1: Okay. So, so <laughs> it was he, a long pause. It really was. So
0: that's, I, those are my opportunities. I know that was
1: your cue and uh, I, I screwed that up. Okay. <laughs> so he wants to know if there's anything else you would do besides those normal things. Well, I did a video on making panels, right? And uh, that is on smaller panels, but really a tabletop is just a big panel. So everything that I put into that video really sums up all of my tips and tricks for how to keep a panel flat. And breadboards wasn't even in the discussion, right? So um, go check out that video if you can. And then uh, he's got a fun question, but we got a ton of questions today. I, mm-hmm. Why don't uh, we do the fun question
0: on the after show?
1: Yeah, but it's not that fun. <laughs> we can we would try to go back to Devin's question. Okay. All right. He, all right. Wa- he wants to know like a, you know, imaginary situation where okay. you could eliminate wood movement.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, So Connell has a question. He said, can you explain edge grain versus face grain? Didn't we do a whole video on that where you use markers and...
1: No, but in this case, I think the problem is there's some terminology things that happen when we talk about a board, right? So if you have a traditionally flat sawn board and then you are looking at the end grain, right? You should see the grain kind of going from side to side, maybe a little bit of an arc to it. Uh, the face grain would be the flat side of the board. The edge grain would be the side of the board. Now, if you have a quarter sawn board, you still have the face, right? You can call that your face grain and then you still have your edge grain. But what those are in terms of where it came from the tree, its orientation in the tree has changed because now you have a quarter sawn board and it's technically kind of the opposite, right? So when you talk about face grain and edge grain, those are things that kind of I find them to be a little bit more generic terms because they don't actually tell you much other than in, you know, a three-dimensional world, this is what this face is on the board. It's the wide flat face, right? And the edge grain is the edge of the board. But what it means in terms of grain structure kind of depends on the cut of the board. Oh. So I don't, that doesn't really explain anything necessarily, but those are, are terms that I consider to be somewhat non-specific terms. It only tells me something about which edge on this particular shape of board we're talking about. Does that make sense?
0: I don't know. No, it doesn't. I don't know. What you got? Super chat from Mr. King 33.
1: Okay. Mr. K King 33. Oh, sorry. Getting ready to upgrade my chisel set. What do you think about Fuji Fujisawa Okio Japanese chisel set or should I look at something Oh, man, I hate the fact I hate when people Give us a few bucks for me to answer a question, and I have no idea.
0: Well, what, which? Uh, do you still have your Japanese chisels?
1: No. We gave those away.
0: Oh, that's right. What were they? Or sold
1: them. I can't remember. Fujiiro. Fujiiro. I don't know that particular maker, and that's what it comes down to a lot of times with Japanese tools. You can go from, uh, you know, the ones that Grizzly sells, mm-hmm. or you can get a whole set for, I don't know, 20 bucks. It's, it's generally cheap. Um, but then you can go to a set, and I've seen some stuff like in William Ng's uh, shop that he has at his school, and it's thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and they're gorgeous chisels but it really depends on who's making them and what they're made of and if you don't know the maker then you don't know the origin you don't know the you know whether it's a good set of chisels i don't know i'm not familiar with that maker oh they're
0: from woodcraft are they yeah i just see i, I see a post here says has anyone t- tried the fujikawa japanese chisels from
1: woodcraft well he said fujisawa
0: oh he said fujisawa with an
1: s but here's the problem. That's like, I don't, you have to know what these names mean. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: you have to know if that's a spelling error yeah. or if those are truly two different makers. Well, so, I, I,
0: I Googled it.
1: Okay. So the answer still is <laughs> I don't know. Fujisawa.
0: Oh, and it <laughs> Google corrected me and said
1: Fuji, Fujikawa. So maybe he maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, you know, if you can get a hold of Wilbur Pan,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he actually knows um, a great deal. He does a
0: whole course on
1: yeah.
0: uh, Japanese tools.
1: Yeah, and he, he, he probably has a good... You know his, his finger on the pulse of different brands and uh, especially brands. If it is one of the woodcraft brands, he might have an opinion on that.
0: You can find him where is he at? Giant Cypress. Giant Cypress. I'll put the link.net. I'll put his, um, his website in the chat mm-hmm. so you can check out his website. He's so nice and real nice so guy.
1: intelligent. Well, he is a doctor, Nicole. He is a doctor, and, you, and this
0: is the real doctor that
1: is kind of a prerequisite to being a doctor. <laughs> having well, some intelligence. <laughs> not all of them.
0: I know, I there's, know.
1: There, there's a Seinfeld skit about this that's super funny about the fact that someone had to finish in the bottom of the class. <laughs> right? Like not every doctor is finishing at the top sure, of their class. Sure, sure, so sure. where are the doctors that didn't do that well? <laughs> like everybody thinks their doctor is great, right? Oh, I got the best doctor and it's like, no, but some of them actually had to be the worst doctors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, anyway. There's
0: another super chat from Kevin Windsor. Stop
1: insulting doctors, Nicole. Yeah,
0: I'm not talking.
1: But some of my best friends are doctors, so just stop. Get out of here.
0: Apparently I'm a doctor.
1: <laughs> Dr. Nicole Esquire. <laughs> okay, Mark's shirt looks like a motorcycle coming toward me. Does it?
0: It's a... It's a lower it's deck It's a guy shirt. going, ah! I think it's from like when they're doing the... the Transporter? Beam, beam me up.
1: Yeah, it's a, I think it's mid-transporter <laughs> is yeah. what's going on there. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Okay, questions. Where am I?
0: I got a question from Apoapina. How did the Wood Whisperer live thingy got, get born? Why? Well, I was thinking about this. I don't. Well, remember. here's the thing.
1: Since since it was really possible to do live video yeah. via the internet, starting with a website called UStream, yes. we we were broadcasting live, and it was very voyeur like yeah. voyeuristic. It was just a camera, you know, observing someone in their shop. But then on
0: Wednesdays I would do I would play music
1: yeah the little chat
0: and we would just we would I would just hang out and talk to other woodworkers that's how we met our our
1: web developer mm-hmm. John so we immediately started to try to do social things uh, as time went on we would occasionally do you know more formal demos and just make it a big live a big deal about doing this live thing um, and then over time we kind of settled down into a thing like this Mm -hmm. where it was you know what we want to do the community thing Uh, it's not always feasible or easy to do a a demo and actual woodworking on a weekly basis but what we can do is talk and we can answer questions and we could do all kinds of community things uh, on a weekly basis so that started probably toward the end of our time in Arizona. Yeah. I, I started to do a lot of things on my own, but then I drew you in.
0: And if you watch those early ones.
1: Where we put a camera I, on oh you.
0: Oh my God. I did not want to be on camera. She wouldn't want to ever. be over on the side,
1: have her own microphone. I
0: just didn't want to be on camera. <clears throat> yeah. At all. And ever. then it
1: was kind of in the transition from Arizona to Colorado that mm-hmm. we really got into Nicole being more of a um, a regular feature. A
0: presence. A,
1: a presence on the show.
0: Uh yeah.
1: Okay. Patrick wants to know, can I use my bandsaw to do ripping due to an underpowered table saw or should I upgrade the saw and is 1.75 horsepower enough, excuse me for eight quarter stock. Okay. I don't know anything about your bandsaw. Let's assume it's powerful enough and has a good blade on it. Yeah, absolutely. I cut, I actually do most of my initial ripping at the bandsaw because the wood is rough and I want to get it down to a more feasible size. Then I hit it on the jointer planer and go through the system. Um, So if your table saw is underpowered, absolutely go ahead and use that bandsaw. Is 1.75 enough? I'd go higher. I mean, eight quarter stock is asking a lot. You could put a ripping blade on there. That'll make it a little bit easier. But even at 1.75, it might struggle on certain woods. So uh, I would recommend if you could, and you're really serious about doing this for a long time, um, try to get up there to like a three horsepower cabinet saw if you can. If all you can get is the 1.75, then get it. Get a good blade on there. Get a good sharp blade. Tune it up. Do the best you can. And um, you know, especially if you do some of your rips at the bandsaw, the table saw may only have to do a cleanup cut, right, for that final pass. So you're not asking as much of it that way.
0: Uh, Chris Dixon wants to know what are y'all's coffee drink preferences? Prefer- preferences? This is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is your preferences?
0: Uh, I prefer uh, Dunkin' uh, cream and sugar.
1: Yes. That's it. I like, uh, well, of course, Duncan. Yeah. Uh, but any coffee. I'm, I'm less picky about coffee. I don't like coffee. Starbucks.
0: I feel like it tastes like burnt water. It does. Yeah. I just I'm burnt. I had a really burnt
1: uh, soles of your shoe. I had
0: a really nice friend said, "Oh, let me get you a coffee from Starbucks." I'm like, "I'm good."
1: Yeah. No, I'm fine. Thank I'm you. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, I usually just like a little bit of cream, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I can drink a range of coffees. I like the the really he will the drink stuff anything. that puts the hair on your chest.
0: Oh uh, yeah. See, I
1: right to the stuff that Nicole drinks that takes the hair off your chest. <laughs>
0: dieter hi he's from belgium he's in the chat
1: that's cool dieter makes me happy like a little girl
0: i bet he i wonder have you ever heard that joke (laughs) dieter do you even know what we're referencing (laughs) there was a show in the well the show's still on it's called saturday night live
1: sprockets
0: and uh just google saturday night live that was the guy's
1: name right dieter dieter okay yep well thank you uh for stopping by dieter Okay, what's the determining factor? Oh, this is Mike Davies. What's the determining factor for whether you use a router or a hand tool of some kind to do an edge treatment? Size of the piece, need for consistency, just feel like using a plane right now. Actually, all those things apply. It just kind of depends on my mood. Uh, But I would say if consistency is a factor, uh, let's say I'm going around a tabletop and it's going to be very visible in the end uh, or I'm doing all of the aprons on a table and I know those aprons are going to be seen in the final product, I want them to be consistent. Now you could do it with hand tools, but a lot of times, you know, the consistency isn't there. Some people like that. You know, that's the thing that kind of can tell you it's handmade. You might not even see it because they're pretty close, but they're not machine looking. There is something about doing these things by hand, um, but uh, it does come down to all of those factors just depending on the mood I'm in, the kind of appearance I want, what I feel like using at the time. Um, do you want to do a woodpecker break? Nicole? Sure.
0: <clears throat> Let's do a woodpecker break. I feel like I need to give everybody that's not in the United States a shout out because we also have, uh, how do you say his name? Angles? Angelese. Angelese. He's watching from Mexico.
1: We're Angelese. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thank you. That's great. International. Super cool. Somebody's from uh, Cheshire, UK.
0: There you go. Chris.
1: Say hi to my brother. Yep. He's in the UK somewhere. I don't
0: think he's in Cheshire. No, he's in London. Cheshire.
1: He's not in Worcestershire. Worcestershire. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> all
0: right, let's talk about some woodpeckers.
1: All right, so woodpeckers, you guys know them. Um, the, I'm going to call them our good friends over at woodpeckers, which is code for this is an ad. If you didn't know that. <laughs> right, anytime somebody on online says our good friends at.
0: We're going to teach you the ways of or, social media. Uh,
1: we partnered with. Yes. Or they sent me. These are all things that say that there's a relationship there. Uh, so anyway, woodpeckers has uh, one-time tools. This is the latest. This is their hook rule. Comes in three different sizes. Um, what do you think, Nicole? What do you think about that? How does that make I, you feel?
0: Uh, I can hook you. It uh, probably would
1: hurt you. It looks like it could be uh, <laughs> I can, I can, I can a dangerous da- weapon. I could
0: dang- uh, damage your neck meat.
1: Uh, don't, don't, don't do that to my neck meat. <laughs> oh, my neck meat. Uh, you pinch my neck meat. All right. <laughs> so here's what we got. Three different size hook rules. And if you haven't seen a hook rule in use, this is why you would want to do it. You can kind of just get the hook right on the edge of your workpiece and start measuring, And one of the things when you have a ruler and you're trying to measure from an edge, especially if you look at this edge here, I've got a little um, chamfer profile on there. That actually makes it really hard to line it up by eye and get an accurate measurement. But if you have a positive stop there, uh, there's really no question, right? So they come in three different sizes. Uh, They made a couple of significant improvements on this on on like a traditional hook rule. Um, First of all, you see over here, we got a little scale. So if you're measuring the height of a router bit, something like that in a router table, you kind of just turn it on end and you can measure up like that. That's super cool. The other thing, I think this is actually the most significant uh, change and should not be overlooked. What's one of the disadvantages to a hook rule? So. Oh, you were? are you asking me? Well, would you like to answer, Nicole?
0: <laughs> What's the advantage of a hook rule?
1: What is one of the disadvantages? Oh,
0: disadvantages. I, I was going to say advantages is it would hook on something.
1: No, we're looking for disadvantages. I don't know. Okay. Th- I don't know. Thanks for your help, Nicole. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you try to take a measurement from, let's say, instead of hooking on something, you want to measure up against something, right? When you do that, well, we're at 12 here. That's not going to help us, right? We want to start at one. So you go this way. Well, now the hook is in the way and you don't get an accurate measurement. Mm-hmm. What they did was they, on the other side, have reversed the scale so if you want to start from the end here, there's your one. And now you can go from the edge right up against a workpiece and get an accurate measurement that way. You know, and again, flip it and you've got the other side. I
0: could use these in my quilting.
1: <clears throat> oh, you could. I could totally use these in my quilting. Well, you can't have them, Nicole. You can't have them. Uh, the other thing is they are a 32nd of an inch in thickness which I actually like that because I might use these for shims or spacing on doors or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's nice to have something with a known uh, thickness like that. Um, But they are nice to fit in the apron, especially this little six-inch guy. Uh, Really handy to have around. And uh, let's see what else. Anything else I could think of? That's about it. I mean, a hook rule is a basic tool, but this is a basic tool that's been improved uh, significantly with some really thoughtful features. They they, also make them in metric if if you need such a thing. Oh, there you go. I will say...
0: Their deadline is October
1: 5th. October 5th? Okay. Some of you may be remembering recently we showed you the flathead hook rules. This is not something I I think you would want both of, right? Someone may say, well, which one would I want to get? I don't even know if you can get these still because that was, I believe, a one-time A one-time as well. Uh, But it's significantly different. You've got a huge chunk of aluminum here. And the idea is this catches on. Shoot. (laughs)
0: I almost cursed. <laughs> you almost cursed. I did.
1: <laughs> this one catches on the end like this, and this is clearly—I mean, at least I would not want something like this yeah. in an apron, right? right. Uh, and it is just fundamentally. I say
0: the other one seems very light.
1: Yeah, it's fundamentally different in that way. This is just light and thin, um, but ultimately they are both hook rules in a sense. But this one is more like your. So
0: you know. can get all three. So you have um, a six-inch, twelve-inch, and a twenty-four, right? Uh, yes. It comes with the, so the little set. rack, so you can. Hang. I have them
1: over there too. Yeah, there's yeah, racks so that come with it,
0: so you can get the three pack for. Because look,
1: there's one rule about woodpeckers' tools that if you don't hang them on the wall, you may as well not have them. <laughs> That's what I've learned from Instagram.
0: <laughs> so anyway, all three of them with the racks, hundred bucks. So yeah, cool. I'm sure some of you are like, what?
1: Well, but. look. Again, the, the, the whole thing tools. with woodpeckers—it's a one-time tool. They have a a small production situation, and I, while in the past, before I really knew them, mm-hmm. it it would kind of annoy me how it's like, well, if it's a tool that you want to make, then just make it and sell it. But the way they do these things, they do these small batch runs, and anything that is like super successful, they will bring to be a regular tool. But the the way that they do things allows them to experiment. It allows them to try things. And do things that other companies just can't justify doing, which is why I applaud this system now because it brings us tools that no one else is making. That's why I like it. So anyway, um, I'm not here to tell you to buy it. I'm here to tell you that it exists. And if it interests you, (laughs) then go buy it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Again, you have until October 5th, which is a little over a week, right?
1: Sure. Yeah. Let's go next, with that.
0: Next week is the second, which is when we're going to announce Woodworkers Finding Cancer details.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Ah, and that's how I'm basing everything. Hey, right, um, I want to give a, a, a little shout out to why don't you do that? David. Is it Gun, Gunther, Gunter? Gunter. 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 He's in New Mexico.
1: New Mexico? New
0: Mexico. <laughs> and he. He actually, I, it came up in my little searches of uh-huh. things that when people mention us, he got together a bunch of woodworkers and they built 70 plus of the school desks that Whoa. you, uh, the plans that you released back in August. 70? Yeah, so I think he's up to 77. And okay. so he's building for kids that are doing remote learning these desks. And as someone who is doing, homeschooling with a child, she loves that desk. So if you're not familiar, um, check out, uh, it's a video that Mark released back in August. It's called the DIY School Desk. You made it from a sheet of plywood mm-hmm. and some two-by-fours. No,
1: a two-by-four.
0: A two-by-four. Yes,
1: yeah, it's like ha- not even half a sheet of plywood and a two-by-four. So
0: I'm in the process of reaching out to some of the remote teachers in our area to see if any kids need need a desk. Mm-hmm. So he inspired me to take it a step further in my area. So maybe if this inspires you, um, do the same. I'm going to link to the article from David. He got uh, a nice write-up in the Santa Fe uh, paper. Great and it's just it New wants, Mexico new, shut up
1: <laughs> Santa Fe New Mexico
0: New Mexico <laughs> so there you go I'll put a link in the ch- oh it's too long why is it too long
1: you probably have uh, everything after the question mark can go away
0: okay I'll do that everything after the question mark there you go I put the link in the chat so if you're interested in reading about what David is doing in New Mexico
1: <laughs> New Mexico you guys know where that is <laughs>
0: um, and again the plans are free so if you go to woodwhisper.com Look for the DIY school desk. That's Plan. great. Plans are right there. Bada bing.
1: Bada bing for free.
0: For free.
1: Ryan Murray had a question. Actually, a question for both of you, he says. Ooh. If you could start from scratch and money weren't a factor, what wood would you use on your kitchen cabinets? Would it be figured or straight grain? Or would you just paint them? That last part is a joke, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I kind of like our cabinets. Our cabinets now are uh, stained alder. And a lot of our house actually has a lot of stained alder in it. So it fits in our kitchen. I don't think I would change them in this house, but if I were designing what I would consider like my perfect set of kitchen cabinets that I think is a timeless design, Mm -hmm. I would go with cherry. I love me some cherry. I feel like dark kitchen cabinets, there might be changing things that happen over the course of time where you go, well, I don't want that dark color scheme anymore. I want something lighter and you'd be tempted to do something with those cabinets to make them lighter. Uh, I think cherry is one of the more timeless choices and it's one of those woods that's actually you know high enough quality that hopefully no one would ever be tempted to paint them, right? Like you would with uh, cheap oak cabinets, Nicole, which I did paint.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lark in the chat says, teacher here, please note that the sitting height on the desktop should just come uh, under just under the sternum for proper posture while riding. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually made a Google form for the teachers to give out to the parents and I ask how what the height is. What's for the, the
1: ch- child's height? Yeah,
0: so we can get an idea of how high, tall they are yeah. to properly size the desk. There's got
1: to be some rule of thumb out there. there. Is. Like if the kid is 36 inches tall, right. the desktop should be about this just yeah, yeah. based on averages. Yeah.
0: So I figure I'd at least ask how tall the kid is Yeah, <laughs> so we can try to... And I think I'm dealing more with elementary school, but i um, mm-hmm. who knows. It might blow up, or it might just not do anything. It might fizzle out. It might fizzle. Into me.
1: nothing. Well, I mean, you kind of hope that this is all very temporary, but it's starting to feel like it might not be as temporary no, as a, everyone is hoping I'm, it I'm would be.
0: I'm preparing for <laughs> our kid coming home too.
1: Yeah, I guess it's time to make a cherry desk, y'all. <laughs> all right, uh, where am I? I don't know. Tony Tang says, Tony! "I'm back, moving from Boston." Uh, to Boston from California is no fun at all. At least I have this show to listen to. My question is, when making drawer fronts with solid wood, how do you keep the gap consistent with wood movement? I'm assuming equal gap throughout the seasons is impossible. Also, any suggestions for applying Rubio pre-colored stain? Uh, I don't have any suggestions for applying Rubio pre-color. I imagine it's pretty easy. I've seen it done before, but anything in the Rubio line is kind of like spread it, buff it in, wipe it off, right? And then you go to the, the next step. So as far as drawer fronts are concerned, you always you know, start out with nice equal gaps. You have to keep in mind that drawer fronts, even if they move, they're not going to move that much. And if they move, they tend to kind of do it in a symmetrical fashion. So uh, your gaps might get a little bit smaller here and there. Maybe your gap top and bottom gets a little bit smaller, but side to side, if it's a bank of drawers, maybe that gap stays consistent. But we're talking about such small numbers. Um, I have never looked at a drawer front that I've made six months later, two years later, and, and I've gone, oh, you know what? That doesn't look good anymore. You know, it's, it looks off. Those gaps look off. Uh, if you give yourself a good 16 uh, eighth of an inch gap, um, as long as it's not actually rubbing on something, it, it should be fine. I don't think you're even going to notice it. So um, build with those gaps in mind, get them perfect at the start, and then throughout their lifetime, you'll probably never notice them again.
0: Uh, got That's actually
1: all my questions. Oh, now. I
0: have some more. I have one. What was that? From, from Sean. I put him in the office. Okay. Sean Patterson, uh, he's guild member. He says they have a question about wood movement. Good boy. How much of a concern is wood movement when fitting tenons into mortises? It's my understanding that with the grain direction running at right angles to one another, the mm-hmm. legs and rails of a coffee table will expand at right angles to each other. This sounds like it should cause a problem, but it doesn't seem to is the case of it it moves not enough to worry about? Correct. There you go.
1: (laughs) You don't really have, this goes back to the drawer front, right? That we were just talking about. You don't really have to worry too much about cross grain situations and wood movement until you get like, everyone kind of has their own number. That's a rule of thumb. Um, Mine is about between four to six inches. Like that's where I start to think at that width, whatever I'm making could be problematic. So if your tenon starts to get really wide and you're over four inches, maybe it's time to start thinking about splitting them up and having multiple tenons or or doing something else to allow for a little bit of uh, movement there. Um, Most of the apron to leg arrangements that we have for dining tables, uh, kitchen tables, coffee tables, these are all well within the range of wood movement not being an issue. So don't worry about it on those smaller scales. a
0: nice super chat from Matthew.
1: Matthew Upchurch, currently moving... You know, this is one of those things. A last name that makes me wonder what is the history of that name? Sure. And we've talked about this before. Like some names have a historical reference reason uh, why they are that name. Shoemaker is a, you know, obvious example.
0: What do you think? My maiden name.
1: Pitts? Pitts. I I imagine you guys were like Georgia peach farmers.
0: Oh, no.
1: And you would just, you guys would collect the pits and display them in... (laughs) In your, in your house that's what I think so Upchurch what like think about what the um, what the reason for that name is Spagnolo I, I, I think it's interesting isn't
0: it Spagnolo like Spaniard it's
1: Spaniard in Italian yeah so chances are I'm actually Spanish Nicole yeah there you go but I, I really would like to know it. Matthew if you know uh, the reason your last name is Upchurch like what's the story there I would love to know I'm just <laughs> interested in these things All right, sorry about that. Currently moving into a new shop space, moving all the big stuff, a Bridgestone planer, etc. Up a grassy hill. Hello. He says, fun. Having uh, any interesting shop moving stories? Also looking for the best jointer move methods. Man, up a hill over anything with grass, you're going over soil. My suggestion would be to get a lot of cheap plywood, a couple sheets Mm. of cheap plywood. Uh, Lay that plywood down over the grass and roll it up there. Excuse me. Also get a friend because you don't want it to roll back. So get a small team of people, uh, put some stuff on the ground that you can safely roll over. Anything over a couple of hundred pounds on those wheels or casters, you start rolling that over grass, I don't think that's going to go real well. So I would absolutely get something that spreads the, the pressure around and gives you something smooth to roll over and that might help. Maybe get some ropes or chains Uh, and find a tree that's at the top. And I've done that before where you need to move something and you just want to make sure it's not going to come back. Uh, You have a way to secure that and slowly slowly but surely get that thing up that hill. Um, And I have plenty of great shop moving stories. I've I've got a series of videos (laughs) where I've documented all my shop moves. I've had things like people standing on my joiner beds. That was when we had the insulation done. uh, I've had people almost, I filmed it, they almost dropped the table saw. Yep. Uh, lots of fun stories like that.
0: I <coughs> <laughs> uh, got a question here from... We were down to the last three okay. minutes, just so you know. Okay. Uh, Chasm says, what kind of finish do you recommend for a kitchen table? I saw you used hard wax oil for your mid-century modern table, but I wasn't sure how that held up to the to heat.
1: Well, I have, uh, I've got it on our kitchen table now, mm-hmm. right? Rubio is on the kitchen table. It's holding up great. Um, I, I say this all the time. Uh, If you're going to the hard wax oils, you are not using those because they're incredibly protective. You're using them because they're incredibly easy to repair. So a high wear surface is a perfect candidate for that. Um, As far as heat is concerned, I don't think they're going to do much to protect from heat. You put a really hot thing on that surface, you're really asking the wood to do the protection. So if the wood decides it wants to scorch, then it's going to scorch. Rubio isn't going to stop that from happening. Uh, About all you're going to get is a little bit of abrasion resistance From Rubio, you're going to get uh, some uh, moisture resistance. Certainly the water and spills will beat up. You'll be able to clean them up well before they even think about absorbing. Um, But you have something that's easy to repair. And that's the reason why I would use that on a piece of furniture that's going to get abused.
0: Hmm. Speaking of table, Doug wants to know what's your preferred method to attach a tabletop.
1: Depends. Sometimes I use those little buttons, little shop-made buttons.
0: Depends, really? You're going to adult diapers.
1: Cool. Some jokes are funny.
0: Some jokes are not.
1: That's all I'm going to say. But, but good try. Okay. Uh, So yeah, I make shop made buttons where you put a little, um, you know, like a little mortise into the rail and then you have this little rabbited button that you can then screw up into the tabletop. That's a nice way to do it. Uh, You also have hardware options. Um, The last table that I did. I think I showed a new piece of hardware. The guy actually just sent me a message on Instagram. It's like a side thing that he does but they are little clips that actually allow for movement. I did that on Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, Big Green Egg Table. Look at that one and you'll see some cool pieces of hardware. Uh, I've got links for those. That's probably what I'm going to use here on my mom's table. So I do have a dining table here coming up pretty soon and I might just wind up using those little hardware clips.
0: Jason liked my joke. He said thank you for the dependable joke. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh man, that's great. Uh, Grant
0: Gush, he's international. He said, love the channel, all the way from South Africa. Oh, cool. Uh, question, hack, best way to cut Whoop. short stock without a miter saw? I had one, but I had to sell it.
1: Um, well, I don't know what other tools you have. You've got yeah. your table saw. You can cut things by hand with a, a jigsaw. You could you, you could, could use probably come up with a saw
0: like that. I've used, seen, I remember when Vanderlust did that.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's not get two nuts, guys. How about a saw? Yeah. <laughs> like right? A handsaw. saw. Uh, you could do that. You could get a circular saw. Good old muscles. Short pieces with a circular saw, saw are not always the best, but there are jigs and things you can employ uh, to make that safe. Um, but really, just think of all the other types of saws. Um, necessity is the mother of invention in these there situations. Oh, by the way. Ooh, what? Just real quick, shout out to uh, Florip. Toolworks. Florip. F L O R I P. Yeah. Uh, ordered this saw about a month ago or so. Um, I needed a new dovetail saw, and um, this this gentleman has a very small operation. I follow him on Instagram now. Makes a good product. It was um, oh, what the heck is his name? Uh, who's the guy? Frank. Frank Straza. Uh, got one of his saws and, and highly recommended them, and I said, well, that's that's enough. That's enough uh, evidence for me. I'm going to buy one. Uh, so I got mine with a little walnut handle. Nice little dovetail saw. So shout out to uh, Floorup Toolworks. I this, linked. by the way, I paid for. Yes. Just in case anyone is curious. <laughs> he
0: says, uh, Gazang said, oh yeah, Eric Florop, Florip, Florip, Florip is amazing stuff. So there we go.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, that about does it for us. I think so. If you are on either the Patreon uh, $5-ish level and also the member No, any thing. level, $2 up. Oh, for the after show? Yeah. Okay. What do I know? I'm just trying to move things along. Yeah, I know. Anyway, we're doing an after show, right? So if you are uh, at the level that gets that, then we'll see you in a couple of minutes. I'll put Um, the
0: Patreon link. And if you are a YouTube member, just head on over to the community tab on the Wood Whisperer page. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there you go. Okay. We'll see you in a few.
1: We'll see you in a little bit. Like two minutes. Yep. I'm going to press stop. Then I'm going to press start again. (laughs) That's how it works.
0: Hope you have a great weekend.
1: Okay. See you guys. Happy fall, y'all. Happy fall, y'all.